Hello, am I here? I can hear you loud and clear, my friend. How are you? Uh, I am fine, but it's weird not to be able to see your face while we're doing this. I know. I miss you so much. I know, but welcome, welcome, welcome to you and to uh, everybody listening. Right. Welcome, guests. This is a new experience for um, all of us, and uh, we welcome you to this new edition of Shifting Our Stories. Uh, new because Jen and I are not together tonight. Sad faces. I know, uh, right? You can't see my sad face because you're not sitting next to me. I know. There's no sad faces. There's no happy faces. It's, but, it's just different. I don't know. I feel like you can still tell that it's there, though, because you know me. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> you can hear it in your voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> So anywho, like Jen said, welcome um, to tonight. We, um, I don't know, kind of just wanted to do uh, a fill-in episode, I guess, to a bonus episode, maybe? Bonus. Yes, bonus. Everybody Ooh. loves bonuses. Um, Everybody loves freebies, too. A freebie episode? I mean, they're all free. free. They're all free, yeah. so whatever. Bonus. That's I like true. bonus. We'll never charge you for an episode. That would be crazy. Um, yeah, bonus episodes. Um, but yeah, so it's September 11th, uh, 2020. And clearly we're still mid pandemic and things are crazy and ridiculous on that end. But, um, yeah, so September 11th, big day. Um, and if you don't know why it's a big day, then you should definitely ask someone who's older than you and research that because you should know. I'm, I'm not sure that realistically anybody will not know, but everybody's perception and stories of it, I think, will be a little bit different. I know. Isn't it crazy to think, though, that there are there like there are kids around that like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it always just seems crazy to think that there really are people around who like weren't. I mean, like my kids have no idea what September 11th was. Or maybe. Yeah, I, I was just going to say my kids don't know. I mean. <laughs> They will. Their little hearts are just too young at this point. And this year of continual trauma was certainly not the year to introduce them oh, to, right. more, to more traumatic experience. But they will know. But yeah, you're right. It's weird because like it was such a life changing event for so many people. It is kind of just weird to think that there's other people just walking around that have no idea right yeah right well you know you think now that like there there are kids now that will totally learn about that in a history book the same way that you know we learned about jfk and martin luther king jr in a history book does that not make you feel really old like we're part of history it does it really does (laughs) (laughs) but let's not go there (laughs) but yeah like i think that that's I don't know, like, that's something that has always been kind of weird to me, Um, you know, to think about just history in relation to where we are. Uh, Like, my dad grew up um, in Louisville. I took a um, poli-sci class um, in college that was all about the civil rights movement in Louisville. And so he and I would talk about stuff that I was learning in class and he's like oh yeah I remember when that happened and then he would tell me 
what he remembered of those events. And I, I remember it kind of blowing my mind thinking like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm learning this stuff in a class, you know, like, and yet I'd go home and talk to my dad who was there when it happened. Hmm. And, you know, you just, I don't, I guess part of me just thinks like, well, it, that it just seems like those things happened so long ago. And yet it really wasn't that long ago either. Well, and it yeah. makes it really surreal when you realize that these, it's not just stuff that you read about, right? Like that's what kind of brings history to life is when you realize that you're connected to somebody that it truly affected or impacted. And even things like way, 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 way back, like that obviously impacted us in lots of ways just by like forming our country or establishing, um, you know, just where we are in the world right now. But it hits you a different way when there's somebody that was super personally connected to it, right? Like talking to your dad just totally changes your perspective because he was there. Right. Um, so, Abby, I know like the question that I see people ask all the time on 9-11 is where were you? But that's not the I want to ask you not where you were. You're welcome to tell me. Um, but how? did 9-11 shift your story because no matter where we were surely it has shifted our stories and our experiences in some way right oh I mean I think without a doubt um I don't know how you could have been alive and I don't know over the age of maybe eight (laughs) at the time and it not have changed you in some way oh for um, sure. yeah I mean I, I just I don't I mean unless you just don't have a heart maybe like <laughs> I don't know how it, that day couldn't have impacted you in some form or fashion mm-hmm. um, and I'm like you I'm glad that you kind of brought that up the way you did because um I do think that that's the way it always comes up, right? Is, well, where were you and what were you doing? And, um, you know, it's easy to look back and say, oh, yeah, I I know. I mean, as I can tell you, I know exactly where I was. Um, I think the bigger thing is, how did you feel? Like, what did you, you know, how did, because I I mean, like that my day changed completely from that morning to that afternoon. you know, it was just, so I had already gone through, um, EMT class mm-hmm. and was kind of trying to decide, I guess, like what, you know, what was next? Am I going to work on an ambulance? Am I going back to college? What am I like? What's next? Um, I was working at the pool, um, at a local pool, um, and had, gotten somebody to come in and cover my shift for like an hour or two because I was supposed to have a um interview at one of the local hospitals to work in the ER and I had gone home to change clothes and was getting ready for the interview when I turned on and was watching the planes hit and I remember at that time thinking oh my gosh like I don't I mean do I even still go to this interview like (laughs) are we still having this interview do I call them and you know like (laughs) do I don't do I double check, like call and say, Hey, are we still, are we still down for this? Um, 
you know, and I think it was kind of at like just that shock and disbelief of holy crap, like, I mean, do I even want to leave my house right now? Like, is it safe to leave my house? Can I, I don't know. Um, and then after that, I just remember being, um, like I worked in the hospital for like a month, maybe two. And then I was lucky enough to get hired on with, um, Jefferson County Mm -hmm. EMS. And it was at that time where, you know, we were still right in that period where there was so much, you know, love for public service and awareness of what that was. Um, and it just, I don't know, there, it was a different, it was just, it was, it definitely solidified, like, this is what I want. This is where I want to be. And this is what I want to be doing. And, um, and I guess it kind of put into perspective, I think for my family, um, you know, I remember my mom at one point saying, man, I'm glad you weren't working on that day. And I like, I thought like, yeah, but mom, like that could happen anywhere, like any time. And, you know, I didn't, we didn't have that conversation yeah. out loud, but I think she, she knew, you know, um, and it's stuff we've talked about since. And I, she knows, um, especially now with, you know, hubby being police, like she knows that on any given day we could get called to something like that. And, and we go that's what, because that's what we do. Right. That's what we're called to do. That's what we were. I mean, I truly believe that's what mm-hmm. we were put here for. Um, you know, and I may work my entire career and never make anything that's that major. Um, but I know that, you know, what I'm doing every day is helping someone, you know, and it may be somebody's major. So, um, but I think there's a lot of people that work in public service that can tell you that that day was what made them, um, you know, that was their like wake up bell or that was, that was what called them to serve. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and I think, I mean, I'm going to speak for my husband, but he has said over and over again how, you know, being a police officer is where he belongs and that's where he's been called. And I cannot speak to say that 9-11 had, you know, an impact one way or another on him necessarily in that regard. But it is absolutely a calling. And I 100% believe that, like you said, for so many people, seeing just the outpouring of um, love and support for first responders of all types after 9-11. And then, I mean, in on 9-11, just seeing everybody rushing in and doing what they were called to do, like in that crisis moment, watching it happen as it unfolds. I mean, that surely did really solidify, like, this is where I belong this is what I need to do for my world and for my community. And um, I think that's awesome that that really like helped bring you to where literally to where you are in your career. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of people like said it that 
can tell you that. And um, I think it just, you know, you see the pictures of, of those fire guys and those police officers running in and, um, you know, or the, you'd hear the stories of the citizens on the plane that stood up and said, Hey, yeah. we got to do something, you know, um, the flight 93 that went down in the field, like, um, I mean, I think about those guys, like how, how brave and amazing was that, that, I mean, because they had to know how that was going to end, right. You know, like they had to know that wasn't going to be like, I, I mean, a, none of them knew right. how to fly a plane um so you can't imagine that any of them were like oh hey uh, I got this I'll go land this thing right. um you know and to have that kind of bravery and courage to say hey look you know like we're gonna go do this and it's it's not for us but we're gonna go do this and save the lives of of whoever they were yes. aiming at um I mean that's well, huge and I I think um, everybody's kind of remembrances of this day every year are really special and important, but I've extra, I've, I think I've appreciated them even more this year amidst all the turmoil that um, like police officers in general are facing across the country. But, you know, because that speaks to just a reminder of, the bravery of first responders and the actions that they take and that the community and our country really do truly love and appreciate and um, can stand united together. And I think this year, 2020, the craziest of all years ever in the history of my life. Um, I, I think yeah. just, it's weird that such a sad instance and sad doesn't even begin to like, that's not an appropriate adjective to use to describe 9-11 at all. But it's, it's ironic yeah. that just such a heartbreaking day can be so reassuring. But this year, it almost, it almost is, if that makes any sense. Like, it almost feels reassuring because you can see the unity and you can see the compassion and you can see um, just the love for one another. And I think that as a community this year, those have been such huge struggles in so many ways. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, in a year that it's been almost, I mean, almost defined by division and, you know, finger pointing and, um, I don't know well, any other words for but, divisive, but, but I mean, you know, <laughs> division to the yeah. most, right? Because not only are we having like political divisiveness and moral and ethical divisiveness, we've literally had physical division because of the pandemic. I mean, division has encompassed this year in almost every single way that I could even imagine it to be possible. You know, not like oh, yeah. we've been emotionally divided. We've been politically divided. We've been physically separated from loved ones. And so, you know, yeah. to take us back to September 12th, to take us back to tomorrow when everybody really comes together 
um, I think it has a lot of hope and reassurance, like that we can overcome really big, horrible things. Yeah, I think, um, you know, every year on social media, you see all the um, the 9-11 pictures and like you were saying, the, the where I was and what this day means to me and what I think about when I, when this day comes around or how I celebrate or celebrate the wrong word, but how I remember this day, um, you know, and um, I think all of those are important to you know, I, like it, it, I really take a lot of time, I think, on this day, probably more than any other, to really read people's social media and to um, see what they're, what people post. Cause I think, you know, you learn a lot about people, um, especially with this, like, where were you and how did that affect mm-hmm. you? And um, I mean, obviously, I think that's intriguing. We've started a whole <laughs> podcast about how things have, um, you know, shifted somebody's right. story. But I think what has really um, uh, stood out to me today is an overwhelming amount of people have posted about not so much September 11th, um, but the atmosphere of September 12th and, you know, the days after. Um, And, you know, can't we get back to that? Um, that feeling of unity and loving one another and, you know, lifting each other up and taking care of one another again and not this divisiveness that is just running right. rampant right now. Um, you know, and I, I, I guess that would be my hope from this is that maybe, like you said, in this world that's, 2020 right now and all of its craziness maybe that can be the the light from this tragic anniversary is that we all kind of take that with us into tomorrow is hey let's get a little of that back you know we all are on the same team here like humankind that's what we all are let's let's figure out a few more commonalities instead of are different right because that day for sure and the days to come it those differences didn't matter one bit you know everybody really put those aside to support and love and encourage and what an amazing turnaround for 2020 it would be if we as a society could find a way to turn from this division that the year has brought with political ongoings and social ongoings and pandemic ongoings and find some of that unity and start bringing it back. Like we'd really show this year who's boss. Right. And that would be a huge win in general. Just, I think everybody could, could use that, you know? I mean, in big things and in little Mm -hmm. things, you know, I, one post since we're, I mean, Right. Our experience of of 9-11 these days, I feel like, is very much based in social media. And like you said, reading other people's experiences and um, having those conversations. And I, I want to say one post that I've seen a few different people um, share or kind of comment on is actually one 
that I'm not convinced I fully agree with. And maybe you can talk it out with me. But it's, you know, since mm-hmm. since the majority or maybe not the majority, but a, a great number of children this year are being schooled virtually at home as opposed to being in the classroom, right? So moms and dads have a lot more input into the school day or babysitters or caregivers of some sort um, have a lot more input into the school day. I have seen this kind of um, push to show all children just the footage the live footage from that day to bring unity and show them that that's what our country needs. And when I first saw that, it really kind of struck me as, well, there's value in that to some extent. And I think when you hit children of a certain age, maybe, you know, high school and whatnot, sure. But I would much rather spend the day showing them examples of unity and examples of compassion and examples of um, loving our neighbors and teaching through those positive experiences than give more trauma to these children. We kind of said that in the beginning, like our children have no idea what 9-11 means. And this year was, in my opinion, not the year to teach them because as children of police officers, as children going through a pandemic, as children who walked into school in March and then never got to see their friends again, I mean, they right. don't need more trauma this year. What oh, they wow. need is those demonstrations of love and compassion and unity so that when we do teach them about 9-11, they have some of that framework to put it into context a little bit. Um Instead of providing another reason of trauma, you know, it can provide an opportunity to learn and grow from. Um, but I mean, lots of people feel very opposite of how I do. So I'm curious. I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, no, I saw that a lot of that, too. I think that I agree with you. I think a lot of that depends on how old your kids are. Oh, for sure. Right. How, you know how old are your kids? Have, have they had any exposure to that already? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've, clearly everybody's kids are, um, you know, everybody parents differently. Um, and I'm not to say that anybody is wrong or right or, you know, whatever. Um, and mine are six and four. Mine are not ready for that. I know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, I think for mine, it's more of um, let's teach them about caring and about, you know, taking care of each other and and not pointing out the differences among people, but, you know, taking care of a stranger or doing kindness for someone just because. Um, I don't, I don't disagree with teaching our kids about what happened oh of course not because um, um, there's so many lessons to be learned and so much value in learning those real and I will absolutely share that footage with them at some point I think I think like yes. you said everybody parents a little bit differently and I certainly don't mean to sound that that was a wrong approach no. it just struck me as wrong for my family at this point in time 
Yeah, no, and I definitely think that you have to take into account that this is probably not the the season of life to do that in. Yeah. Um, because it has been such a traumatic year for our kiddos. Um, I, going back to social media, I saw a post the other day that um, I'll I'll botch this up now, I'm sure, but um, it was talking about. Um, you know, on days that I feel like I'm about to lose it, I have to remember that one day back in March, I brought my kid home from school and he never went back mm-hmm. and he never saw his friends again. And even as adults, I would have a hard time with that. Well, even as adults, we continue to have a hard time with it. So, well, and you know, I, yeah, like, and I thought about that for a minute and I thought, you know, man, if that doesn't like, if that doesn't speak truth about what our kiddos have been through I don't even know I mean I know I've thought it and I know that I have tried to have that discussion um like with hubby and we've talked about it but I mean like that that right there and like that one little sentence puts it all into perspective you know like we picked them up I mean Coleman was five we picked him up from school (laughs) he thought he got an extra week of spring break and sorry, buddy, you're just not going back, you know, right. and we're fortunate enough. He's fortunate enough that he goes to a very small school. And so they started school this week, but the, one of his little buddies is in the other class and the other one didn't come back to school this year. Yeah. So he, he, and like this year, they don't, the classes don't interact. They don't get recessed together and they don't lunch together. Um, so yeah, like we picked him up one day and his wor- half of his world got cut off. Yeah. Well, and and yeah. That's I mean like I clearly you and I are friends. If if you and I said goodbye next week from hanging out and that was it, we didn't get to hang out or see each other or communicate like I don't like how do you deal with that? Well, and I think it's hard enough to say goodbye when we know that it's the last time we're saying goodbye, much less when you say goodbye, expecting to see the person the next day. And I mean, imagine then bringing this back to 9-11, like that's how all those people felt. They said goodbye. I'll see you tonight. And yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, just, you know, the world shook. You know, right. and it, it really, truly felt like it stopped spinning. And I know for for me, you know, I grew up in New York, not the city, but I was in central New York in college. And so many of the people immediately surrounding me and some of my own family members were in New York City. So it was it was so surreal to see this very legitimate, massive panic as people were, couldn't even get a hold of their moms or dads who worked downtown or lived what, you know, um, because it so very closely struck home in a very real way um, that I just can't even imagine the trauma of saying goodbye and just not even knowing that it was the last. And the fact that our kids have done that 
on a smaller scale, yeah. obviously, I'm, I'm not comparing their experience to the experience of those who endured 9-11 personally, but. No, but I mean, you know, if you, t- if you think about it, when you're talking little kids, I mean, that. Yeah. They don't know. I mean, well, and I, you know, I, it's different. Like I've said from the beginning, like it, it's different for, you know, you and I both have little kids. Yeah. They don't have cell phones. They don't have, you know, they don't drive. They don't have cars. They don't have, they don't have that. Whereas like the high schoolers. Um, could still be connected you know, in some way. Right. When the high schoolers said, Hey, look, you know, you're going to NTI for the rest of the year. It was okay, cool. Yeah. We go to NTI, but I have my cell phone. I have a car. You know, most of them probably still had jobs that, let's be honest, they were probably still going to because yeah. things were still open, yeah. you know. But my five-year-old, your seven-year-old came home from school and that was it. Yeah. Well, and now even this year, her school has started virtually and all of her her best friends are not in her class. And so she doesn't have any friends in her class. They're on the computer where they have to be muted. She told me the other day how lonely she feels because she doesn't, she doesn't know anybody in her class and they don't, they don't have an opportunity to hang out and get to know one another. And it broke my heart because this kid adores school and she adores people and she has such an amazing heart for serving others and loving others and being with others. And she can really pour some compassion, compassion over anybody she meets. And she's just, she doesn't have, she doesn't have that opportunity. And I can see, you know, she knows that serving others like fills her up. And some days I can just see her so drained. And I know it's because she hasn't had that that opportunity because like you said she got off the bus in March and never saw her friends again and has now seen a couple of them but you know her experience with school now is so completely different and doesn't even have the any interactions really because she doesn't have those relationships built with anybody in her class yeah. Much less a kindergartner, my other one who didn't know anybody to begin to begin with, <laughs> and it's her only experience. But oh, yeah, I don't know. I just I hope that this nine eleven can bring us some unity and compassion and love for one another. This divisive twenty twenty is for the birds. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, I, I don't know, you just, it's been such a crazy, everything this year has just been so crazy. Um, and, you know, you see those pictures and the videos and, I mean, I, I don't know that anybody sees that and, well, anybody that was alive and remembers all of it, like, I don't know that you don't, that you don't immediately get taken right back to that day and, you know, your feeling of, um, you know, where you were and that like sucker punch to the gut. I think that we all felt when that happened. Well, and I love, Um, I love the idea that 
you know, the images that people share and the experiences that people remember and the places that people were are very different, but the heart of it comes down to the same. And if we could just remember that collective sucker punch, you know, that just that we all experience this at literally the exact same moment, right? Like, I mean, many people watched a replay later, but how many of us experienced watching it in that moment and felt that same heartache and confusion and devastation literally at the same time, no matter where we were and what we were doing. Um, I think it's, it's heartwarming in a really ironic way, right? That we had such this collective shared experience. Um, and I, I truly feel like that gives us some hope as a society, right? That maybe we can get back to that, that unity, that remembering that we're all in this together, not against one another mindset. Right we're not actually that different there's there is some some commonality between well and you know I wouldn't even say we're not that different right we're all incredibly different but despite those differences and because of those differences right like I mean a body's made of many parts kind of you know right we require those differences to function as a society and instead of putting myself better than you or more important than you I think remembering that we need all those parts, you know, we didn't just need police officers and firefighters and paramedics that day. We needed citizens to take action on a plane. We needed people to offer blankets and food and clothing and hugs. And, you know, it, it almost is just a reminder that it really takes all the pieces and all the parts of all of us, regardless of how different we are. Like that's the beauty in it. Right. Yeah. That's what my mom always like. And at any time my dad was notorious for trying to do things on his own around our house, mm-hmm. whether it was plumbing or electricity or, you know, whatever. Well, um, I might be guilty of the same thing. <laughs> I know that's why I call you a lot. <laughs> um, but she he and he would do a pretty good job but it was always funny because it when and if it didn't go so well my mom would kind of laugh and you know chuckle and say Larry that's why God made plumbers or that's why God made electricians and um you know I think that's something that has always stuck with me and I think that um you know while I personally can't imagine doing anything other than what I do um I, you know, I'm so incredibly grateful that there are people who do all the other things, Right. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, how many times have we talked about it already that like, I'm not a teacher, um, but God made teachers and, and I there are people so out there. I'm grateful that... for them, virtual or <laughs> right. not. Thank you to all the teachers right now. Right. Like that is a job that I, I can't fathom. I can't imagine. Um, but you know, I love that some people get up and that is what is in their heart every morning. And 
that's what they do. Um, But I think it, you know, um, especially on a day like, you know, 9-11, when you think about all of the working pieces, uh, I mean, the air traffic controllers, the flight attendants, the just all of the working cogs that had to be going around to make that day function and the recovery, um, you know, just, you probably can't even, and we'd probably sit here and make this podcast hours and hours and hours and not name and say thank you to all the groups of people that contributed. Oh, for sure. For sure. I will say, I hope and pray that it does not take nearly as long for the dust of 2020 to settle as it took for the dust of 9-11 to settle because for weeks afterwards, you know, there was just still this, this cloud of sadness, like a physical, you know, um, and I just, I pray that we can learn some lessons at this point and, and not let that cloud hover over us here in 2020, but that we can, you know, be grateful for our teachers and be grateful for our doctors and be grateful for our first responders and for our dentists and for our stay at home moms and for the grocery store work, you know, regardless of who it was, like you said, we could sit here and not name them all night long. Um, But it truly has taken an amazing combination of people to make things function even this year, you know, right. Without one another, where would we be? completely lost probably right I mean, starving lost, <laughs> scared hungry I mean we're all of those yeah. things at, at some point anyway but at least not all at the same time <laughs> right <laughs> right so you we started this podcast out with you asking me but um I'm gonna turn around on you for a minute because you um like you mentioned earlier you were are you are from New York um and you don't have to tell us where you were when all of that went down, um, unless it's relevant and you want to. Um, but at the end of you kind of touched on, you know, the sadness and that. What, what, what was that like up there? Like how, how did that kind of, um, I don't know, like what, did you have an immediate change in your life? Um, did it affect your day-to-day you know, in the immediate, I think in the immediate, and this may have been the case in other places, but obviously I don't know because I was only where I was. I was in college in Rochester, New York. And, um, but looking around and one of my best friends at the time I was a freshman in college. So what I'd only been friends with these people for a, a month at that point. Um, but one of my best friends at that point, was from very close to the city and her dad worked in the city and just watching her distress of trying to get a hold of him and all the phone lines were just, you couldn't, you couldn't make phone calls because, um, because I don't even know what the right word is. There's a word for it, but it was almost like it was all jammed. Like nobody could make phone calls or get through. Um, classes were canceled at least for that day I don't remember beyond that because so many of our professors you know had family or you know were tied to or something but I think 
so I feel like for a while it was really just kind of walking in this surreal like out of body experience right like you're living life and you're going to um the dining hall and you're when classes did start back up again the next day or a couple days later like you're going to all these things but it just didn't feel it almost didn't feel important it didn't feel real right no I I get that I totally get that but I think what really has stayed with me and I wish I could remember exactly how long after 9-11 it was but it was within the first few weeks afterwards um, at the time I, and I, I stayed in school for it, but I was a music therapy major and somebody made a donation to the music therapy department to take, um, the students down to New York city and travel to all the police or to the, um, the fire stations and the memorials and, um, you know, sing and like provide some music as support and encouragement to these people who had still been working tirelessly or to these people who are gathered at memorials and just mourning and grieving. Um, And so I think being in the city at that location so soon after when there was still literally clouds, you know, was, is something that will never leave me. And just, I think kind of puts into perspective sometimes when I'm going through trials, like they're, they're legitimate, but just the massive things that we can overcome, you know, I think it's just this reminder of sadness and also a reminder of hope that I don't think will ever leave my mind, you know? Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm sure it felt like that in all the places in the world and especially in New York City. You know, I was far enough removed by a few hours, being a few hours away, but it literally felt like the world stopped spinning for, for a period of time. Do you feel like in a way that you kind of don't ever want to lose that, like that feeling of what it was? Um, yes. Like in a weird way, like you don't want to yes and it's amazing you don't want to go back to that but you don't want to lose right I don't want to go back to it and I don't want to stay in that place but it's it's amazing how just thinking about it and you know to be perfectly honest I'm sure that some of my memories are skewed like maybe it was a couple months after that we but you know what I mean like yeah just it's all such a a blur and I don't want to lose any of it but it's amazing how much it really like it gives me goosebumps to think about and you know the fact that we have that kind of experience in our lives is is not something I would ever like to repeat but it's something that I'm grateful to have experienced because I know the generations before us had endured so 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 much that maybe it can give us a little bit of perspective on what you know, our grandparents and their parents and their parents had had to go through. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you, um, you mentioned, um, and not that mine was close to it, like being there, but, um, you touched on kind of that feeling of like stuff wasn't important or it didn't, you know, like maybe day-to-day stuff didn't matter as much. Um, I was at, I was taking classes at L 
um, the semester that it happened. And I have always been a good student. I mean, like, I get good grades because I like that. I like to get good grades. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I don't like to not get good grades. Um, had never failed a class and have never failed a class since then. Um, but I had a class that semester and looking back on it, I can't even tell you what the class was about or what class it was. Um, but for whatever reason, the, I just, that class, like I kind of quit going um and I quit I mean I I didn't do half the work um I think I got a D I don't know that I failed it failed it but um I definitely didn't I didn't do what I should have done you know um and literally like the only at the end of the semester it was like damn you know and the only thing I could think to myself was that but after that it was like it, that just it didn't there was nothing about that class that I could rationalize as this is why I need to be here right and just shifted your priorities yeah and it was I mean and it like it at the end of the semester it really irritated and it pissed me off because I thought you know like that's not who I am and that's not what I do um but at the same time it was just I couldn't couldn't get myself to do the work, couldn't bring myself to get up and go to that class. Um, you know, it just wasn't, um, I don't know, it wasn't there for me. Yeah. Um, and I remember the next year, um, I was not working EMS at that time. Um, I decided that, you know, finishing my degree was a good idea because I wasn't going to do EMS for the rest of my life at that time. Um, little did I know. But um, I remember walking across campus um, at the time that they were doing the like a memorial for it. And they rang the bells on campus. Um, and I want to say they were playing the national anthem. Um, and I remember, you know, everybody stopped and we were all standing there. And by the time it was over, I was in tears um, sat down on a bench. And when I finally pulled myself together, uh, I just, I managed to make it home and I was done for the day. Yeah. Like there was no going to class. Um, you know, I was just, I guess just overcome with everything that it was. And, um, I guess maybe part of me at that time kind of was sad that I wasn't, you know, like that thought of, I'm not supposed to just be in school right now. Like I should probably be doing something more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but anywho, that one kind of, I don't know. Well, should- but I agree. Like I said, I, you know, I don't know that it, you know, nobody wants to repeat what happened on that day, but I think that probably in some way we're all better people for having been through that. Oh, you I know? agree. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We should probably get this wrapped up, I suppose. Like you said, a couple that we could repeat and talk about this for hours and hours. But um, I would love to hear other people's experiences on how this day shifted their stories. Can they email us or uh, drop us a note on Facebook, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys uh, know the email, shifting our stories at yahoo.com. Um, find us on Facebook. Um, you can find us on Anchor here also. Um, but yeah, like Jen said, leave us, uh, leave us a note. Let us know um, how 9-11 shifted your story or um, if you've got something else that kind of stands out and shifted your story in some other way, we'd like to hear about that too. Um, reach out and let us know. It's amazing. It doesn't even take like a major thing like 9-11, right? Like we've talked about this in our other episodes that sometimes it's just tiny little things or a smile in the right place that really yep. shifts your story. So. Yep. Yep. All right. Always be on the for the little things. Oh, for sure. One of my kids' favorite things to do lately is um, we have water bottles that they decorated and with messages like smile or you're wonderful or God loves you. Uh-huh. And um, so whenever we see somebody holding a sign at the street corner, you know, we'll offer them some some water and they get yeah. so excited to do that. It doesn't take much, right, to shift somebody's story. Right. Whether and now, oh. whether we're shifting my kids' stories or that person's stories, or dare I say both in that moment, you know, it's yeah. it's worth it's worth it, right? So yeah. All right, Abby. Well, hopefully next time I can see you in person. I know. I mean, this was fun too, but it was but for real. I like being able to like open a beer and see your smile and. next time it's been too long friend sure has but i will see you next time so all right listeners thanks for joining us we'll talk to you soon all right have a good night bye